Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. WQAD Podcast Network. The Cities with Jim Mertens, a production of WQPT, PBS for the Quad Cities region, a podcast in partnership with WQAD. What's going on in the Quad Cities? Activities, events, fun, politics, sports, local issues and opinions. And now, your host, Jim Mertens. I'm Jim Mertens, and this is The Cities. Colonel Shari Bennett is now the 51st Commanding Officer of the Joint Manufacturing and Technology Center on Arsenal Island. But she's also the first woman and the first black woman to lead the command. Though she just started on the job, she graciously took time to talk with us from the island about her new role, her welcome to the cities, and her historic appointment. So you now are commander of uh, Rock Island Arsenal, the JMTC, and that's no small institution. For those who don't know about the uh, Joint Manufacturing and Technology Center, it's a big deal. It is a big deal. Well, so the, the Rock Island Joint Manufacturing Technology Center, it used to just be simply called the Rock Island Arsenal way back in the day. Um, but it really is just a huge manufacturing uh, center here on the island. We manufacture everything from uh, equipment to vehicle platforms, the gauges to weapons. And we've been doing that here for over 150 years uh, in every single uh, contingency or conflict that America has been involved in. So there's a huge, huge historic legacy here at the Arsenal, and I am truly, truly proud to be a part of it. Well, and it is also a huge economic uh, motivator in the Quad Cities. I mean, you, you, under your command, you've got about 1,100 employees, which makes you one of the biggest em- employers in the area. Yes, over 1,100 employees. We have uh, Department of the Army civilians. We have contractors. We have two green suitors, uh, me and the sergeant major. And we have like a whole host of skilled artisans. We have laborers. We have engineers. We have planners. We have managers. And of course, we have the business side, the leaders who really help to keep things running here at the uh, at the JMTC. You have yes. been an Army veteran for some 23 years. Had you even ever heard of Arsenal Island before? I mean, is there a reputation um, as far as the uh, ranks that you're concerned uh, in regards to uh, the RIA? So, so yeah, I actually have heard of the Arsenal. I've actually been here. I, was, I came here TDY, which temporary duty, for several conferences uh, several years ago. So I am somewhat familiar with the, with the island. And I will tell you that the reputation is huge. We have the only foundry in the Army, and that's a really big deal. That's very historic. And so when I was assigned, or when I was selected to command this uh, organization, the majority of my peers said, oh, man, you have the foundry. You guys make all kinds of cool stuff. That's so amazing. I always wanted to go there to visit. And so it, it, it did give me a really great sense of pride just because of the history and the legacy that's here in the island. Well, and let's be honest, not only is uh, JMTC at 
Arsenal Island. So is the First Army. I mean, the military importance of Arsenal Island has really improved in, in the last 10, 15 years when, when we almost lost it uh, during some yeah. of the, the BRAC discussions. Um, d d do you feel the vibrancy? I know you've only been there a few days, but do you feel a certain vibrancy when it comes to uh, Arsenal Island? You, you do. You can't help but feel it. We have not just First Army, but we also have Army Sustainment Command uh, here as well. We have the Rock Allen District of the Engineers is here. I mean, there's so many people here working on this on this installation to support the Department of Defense. It is very, um, very motivating to see them all. Uh, it's, they're very dedicated to the mission. They're very dedicated to the region, to the area and all of the greatness that it offers. Uh, you can't help but feel that when you get here, everyone has a great sense of pride and there's a true connection to the community within the Quad Cities here on the island. And, and it's, it's refreshing. You don't have that at every single military installation. Well, and Colonel, of course, you do know that you're groundbreaking. You have uh, created history uh, on the island, being the uh, first black woman and the first woman to lead a JMTC. That's, you know, you sit there and go, first off, you sit there and go, it's 2021. What took you so long? You know, but on the other, right. yeah, right. <laughs> but on the other hand, I mean, do you feel like a responsibility is added to your shoulders on top of everything else? I, I wrestle with that a lot uh, because I do understand the historic nature of my assignment here as the JMTC commander. I mean, we have a wall of previous commanders and everyone looks the same. And when it's my when my tenure is over, my photo will be on that right. wall and I will very much look very different from all of my predecessors. So I do understand the historic nature of it. But, you know, it just like you said, I mean, if we're in 2021. I don't think we should still have first uh women have been leading in the army and in the department of defense for a very very long time at every echelon um so it's 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 still difficult to say that you know, we, we're still having the first woman to, to hold this position but i think about all of the women who came before me uh, who really paved the way who showed how capable we are in the military how dedicated we are how how we have the same drive as our male counterparts. We have the same training. We have the same uh, formal education through the military. We have the same uh, patriotism. We have the same uh, just leadership capability. So that's it's great to, sh to see that, hey, people who are not familiar with seeing women in leadership positions, they see it and they know, okay, women are very important to just the, the future of our military. Not only have we proven it so far, but we're still continuing to prove it every single day. And, and for me, that's that's just a great thing. And I know that, you know, I, I'm I'm in this position in this historic position. But I just think of all of the women who've been working really hard, putting their head down, just nugging it out every single day in support of the Department of Defense. And I'm very proud to be amongst them. But as you well know, you haven't had the same necessarily opportunities or the same respect um, uh, when, when you have exceeded uh, expectations. That's not just the military, of course. I mean, that's society as a whole. But do you think that the military has really, how do I say this, has really changed, has really given you the opportunities that let you succeed to where you are today? Yeah, the, the beauty of the Department of Defense is that we're all on an even playing field, right? So we all receive the same type of former military education. We all receive the tools um, and we all receive 
different opportunities to build our capabilities, to build our leadership, to build our confidence, and to be able to negotiate the unknown, right? And those things that are very unfamiliar. So I, I really, I'm very appreciative of the Department of Defense and the Army for that, for, for providing me those opportunities. But they also provide, you know, other women the opportunities. They provide people who are not very familiar with the military those opportunities as well. Um, and I'm very, very proud of that. And I'm also very proud of just my experiences over the past 23 years and the different networks that I've built up. Because we in the military, like, you're not your own island, right? Even though we're here at Rock Island, <laughs> you're never your own island in the military. You always have a whole host of people helping to support you, to build you up. The camaraderie of my peers, um, the support of my mentors. And then here, in this very unfamiliar environment, for me, just the amazing leaders within the JMTC. Uh, they are consummate professionals who are very dedicated to the mission, and they're here to support the warfighter. And they're here to support me as I command this organization. So I'm, I'm just very, very proud of that. Colonel, you've got your plate full there on the island. You've got plenty to do. As we were saying, multi-million dollar uh, uh, JMTC, uh, 1,100 employees. But do you have a feeling like you're going to be getting out into the community to speaking to kids, perhaps speaking to uh, young girls, to uh, African-Americans to say, look, I can do it, you can too? Oh, definitely. I've actually had that conversation a couple of different times uh, with some uh, members of the community that I've already had the opportunity to meet. And I actually also talked to Deborah Lee about that today. Uh, I know that COVID kind of put a damper on a lot of things and a lot of outreach, but for me, it's extremely important for us to get back into the schools, to talk to the kids about STEM programs, to talk to the kids about opportunities in the military. I mean, the, the youth and the community, that's our, that's our base. Those are the people who support us and allow us to do the things that we do in defense of the country. So it's extremely important for them to know what we do and making sure that I have outreach with the youth, that I'm involved with the community, they know that we're here and that we're responsive to what their needs are is extremely important. Uh, and as I said today, you know, I, I was talking to Deborah Lee about that earlier today saying, hey, look, let's, let's brush off, you know, whatever strategic um, outreach programs we had in the past, let's pull those back up. I know they were delayed because of COVID, but we got to reinstitute those as quickly as we possibly can because that's very important. Deborah Lee, who you're talking about, is just off camera. She is your uh, public relations person who helps handle uh, interviews like this and, and your outreach to the public. And speaking of such, you brought with you a young family. Ha has Deborah Lee in the group taught you about Whitey's ice cream and quantity pizza? I mean, have they served you right in the first few days you've been here? Yes, they have. I have a running list of places that I need to take my kids uh, here in the Quad City area. I mean, we have been to Whitey's ice cream. It's absolutely delicious. Uh, and we found our favorite pizza place already as well. And uh, I, I would say we go there like once a week. <laughs> <laughs> You've passed your Quad City test already. Congratulations. Yes. Colonel Shari Bennett, commander of the Joint Manufacturing and Technology Center at the Rock Island Arsenal. Thanks for listening to The Cities with Jim Mertens. And watch The Cities Thursday nights at 7, Sunday afternoon at 4, and Monday night at 6 on WQPT, PBS for the Quad Cities region. WQAD Podcast Network.